Hi friends, and welcome to My Best Friend is a Therapist, a podcast all about relationships, identity, and being human. In today's episode, we will be talking about all things 2020, the greatest year yet. (laughs) Just kidding. This has been a really brutal year. It really has been. Sorry, I remember in November last year, we were standing on my driveway. I don't know if you remember this, but we were standing on my driveway and we were like totally just bitching about 2019 and how it was the worst year of our lives. And like, oh my God, 2020, that is going to be our year. We're going to kill it in 2020. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, Naz, I can't believe that that was almost a year ago with everything that's happened in 2020 that feels like that happened years ago that we were standing in your driveway having that conversation. I remember we were talking about all of these different events that were happening in our personal lives that were causing all of these changes to our five and 10 year plans because we're future oriented people (laughs) and we like plans. And I mean, you had just gone through a breakup and I know this because I'm your best friend and you were struggling with how much that was changing your five-year plan Mm -hmm. and your 10 year plan in that you thought that I'm going to get this doctorate degree. I'm going to get married. I'm going to buy a house. I'm going to have kids, right? Like it was all laid out for you. And then your breakup happened and it was oh, shit, I have to date again? What do you mean? Yeah. (laughs) And I think, you know, being someone who also was going through some stuff and my personal plans were getting moved around and my five-year plan was changing, I was having the same issues. I was, you know, I was anxious about what was going to come. And as a type A person, as someone who likes to plan for the future, plans for me are better than chocolate cake. Mm -hmm. So... (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, few things are better than chocolate cake, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you because I'm a type A person too, so plans are, are there for me. And I mean, 2020 has really given us type Bayers the middle finger and said like, yeah, you know that thing you like to do called planning? Mm-mm, that's not going to happen this year. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like frustrating because I knew I should have spent that $30 at shoe, on shoes at Nordstrom Rack instead of on a 2020 planner. Like, what the hell was I thinking? Always go with the (laughs) shoes, Naz. Always. (laughs) I mean, yeah, 2020 has been a really challenging year for all of us type heirs, but it's been really challenging for everybody. I think the hardest part for me has been that I can't just not plan for tomorrow, but I can't plan for next year. I mean, my family called me last week and they were like, let's go to Egypt next summer. And I'm like, what do you mean? Mm -hmm. We can't plan a trip. Like, aren't we not allowed to do that? I mean, there's all these restrictions and we're not really allowed anymore to plan for the future. And that just feels weird for me. Like, I don't know what to do with that. And as I'm hearing myself say these things out loud and looking at you and you're giving me this look, I'm like, hasn't that always been the case? I mean, we don't know what is going to happen tomorrow, what's going to happen next week and what's going to happen a year from now. But I guess before 2020, we were just we were allowed to at least be naive and thinking and believing that we did have control over what our futures looked like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think what you're describing, Sarah, is like that challenge of sitting in the present when the future for all of us is really unknown and uncertain. Um, And yeah, I don't, I don't like uncertainty. Type A people do not like uncertainty. That's for (laughs) damn sure. So if I had to sum up my experience with the uncertainty, it's like I've been sinking in quicksand since 2020 started and, Mm. and I can't get out right. Like with quicksand, you don't know you stepped in it, 
then all of a sudden you're stuck and you're like slowly sinking to the bottom. Mm -hmm. And the harder you try to get out, the more you sink, like what? Mm -hmm. And the only way to escape the quicksand is to find a sense of like calmness and slowly make movement out of the sand. Right. And Mm -hmm. for me, my sand has been obviously like grieving and getting over a relationship, you know, and putting myself out there dating (laughs) and my work and my home life really being blended together and confusing and frustrating. (laughs) And then also like that impacting my motivation across all aspects of my life. Right. It's like, just really leaving me vulnerable to self-doubt and sadness and just the uncertainty is causing it all. Yeah. I love that analogy, Naz. Quicksand. I mean, dating has always felt like quicksand, but (laughs) especially now that we're on home house arrest, what's the point in even talking to people if you know you can't see them? And if you do see them, what rules are you breaking? And that, you know that feels weird. It's like going back to high school when you had to sneak out to see a boy. Mm -hmm. It's just weird now being an adult and feeling like if you date someone, you have to break rules in order to do that. And it's ironic to me because before 2020, online dating really had taken off many years before this dating moved to being an online thing. But still there was this stigma that if if you are on the dating apps, and you're using the dating websites that it's still kind of weird. I mean, there's that ongoing running joke on the dating apps that people put in their profiles that says, we'll lie and say we met here instead, right? Like, we'll target, target, right? Like anything would be better than saying you met on a dating app. (laughs) But it's like I said, like what's ironic about it is that Online dating has been a thing for a long time, but now that 2020 has forced everyone to only really date online, nobody wants to. Mm-hmm. Like the motivation to date right now is really low. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you know this because we're best friends, but I can totally relate to that because I'm at that forefront of dating and really living my first year single in a long time. Um, and I had my first first FaceTime, you know, first date on FaceTime. And that was so weird. I can't even say it. That's how weird it was. Right. (laughs) Um, which we'll get into that another time, (laughs) but it's a motivation to put myself out there again is so low. And it's not just with dating. It's across many different facets of my life and like work, you know, I have not been motivated to work. (laughs) And that's weird for me because as a type A person, I, I'm normally scheduling every minute of my week around work and exercise and friends and plans and studying and like dissertation and my internship. And, and now I'm not. Yeah. And before this, Naz, you were kicking ass. (laughs) Thanks. I mean, (laughs) the motivation has really been completely diminished. It, I mean, we're two women in our mid to late twenties and both of us don't feel motivated in life right now. And that's been really hard not feeling Mm -hmm. like we want to do much. Yeah. And I think, you know, when we're talking about motivation kind of getting really low since quarantine started, it really makes me think about like our therapist hat too, right? Like how do we help clients when I'm like sinking in the quicksand too? Mm -hmm. Um, And, and there's no right or wrong answer to that, but it really hits on the point that it's affecting all of us and everyone's motivation for work. I mean, for us, it's being therapists from our homes, but for anyone who's listening and working, it's 
maybe not having the energy of your coworkers to keep you going on the long day or maybe being stuck in Zoom call after Zoom call, right? Like Zoom fatigue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, or managing your work routine while homeschooling your child. Um, and, you know, I know for you, Sarah, like staying connected with loved ones who are out of state. You're here in California, but all of your family is in Minnesota. And I know that that has been another layer of difficulty for you during this time. Naz, you are speaking to my soul. (laughs) Yeah, well, I get you, girl. (laughs) But I will say, I will say that the one thing that quarantine has given me is really this permission to be human um, while also still maintaining my professional identity. Um, I'm allowed to be a therapist and a human at the same time. And that is something I am for sure learning how to do every day. Yeah, and it's, like you said, permission. On day 14 of this pandemic, when I called my client to do a session, and I'm like, hi, how are you? How are you doing? And they're like, I feel like shit. I'm like, oh, same, me too. Like, I actually had permission (laughs) to say that Mm -hmm. to my client, to say, I'm not doing well either, and then work through it, right? Mm -hmm. And I think it's because this motto of 2020 and during this pandemic has been, we're all in this together, So that in itself has given me permission to admit that I'm not doing great. And that in and of itself has been validating for me and my clients. And I think it's also just been a huge wake-up call, if I'm being totally honest with myself, um, in that 2020 has shown me that this U.S. culture that we live in, it's a workaholic culture. And this pandemic has personally shown me just how much of a workaholic I am. I mean, I knew this before <laughs> the pandemic hit, but I mean, you know this, Naz, I, <laughs> I'm a workaholic. I know, ain't that the truth, <laughs> you crazy bitch. <laughs> but honestly, it's because working is such a big part of my identity. My my work identity is so much of what my personal identity is. And I, I felt so much better when I would wake up and my alarm would go off at 7 a.m. and I knew that I had a 12-hour day ahead of me. Um, and now when my alarm doesn't go off and I, I mean, I don't have to wake, wake up to an alarm and I don't have a million and one things to do. I don't feel comfortable. Like I wake up not knowing what I'm going to do with myself all day. And I don't like that. And I know for you, Naz, I, again, I know this cause I'm your best friend, but I know that there's with all this spare time, And with all these breaks that we've had, you've struggled with having all this extra space to think about your life and your relationships and dating. (laughs) Thank you for putting me on the spot there. Um, But I guess what you're doing is kind of challenging me to admit that I do have a hard time being vulnerable and I really do not like sitting with uncertainty. (laughs) And 2020 has really forced me to sit in discomfort with all of the change that's happening. Yeah, as and you're not alone in feeling that way. So many people have a tough time sitting in vulnerability. You mentioned earlier that this pandemic has made you feel more vulnerable to self-doubt and sadness. And sure, this pandemic has made all of us feel a heightened sense of sadness, fear, etc. But maybe prior to this pandemic, we were experts at just keeping ourselves busy so that we didn't have to think about these things. Mm-hmm. being workaholics allowed us to avoid sitting in our personal discomforts. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sorry, you're kind of the opposite of me, right? You're someone who is not only better at sitting in discomfort, but 
can do it with someone else's discomfort, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think you've proven that in our friendship by really being available every time that I hit a wall and need to talk at 1 a.m., which, you guys, has happened (laughs) a lot. (laughs) You've been in my corner. (laughs) I got you, girl. I mean, you've been in mine, too. I've stumbled just as much, if not more, than you (laughs) during this pandemic. And I, I think what you're speaking to, many people can relate to. It's uncomfortable being vulnerable. And COVID has given us all permission to be vulnerable, but some of us are still struggling with how to sit in that every single day. Mm-hmm. We can't avoid it anymore. I mean, who is doing good right now? Please raise your hand. <laughs> oh, okay. Nobody. <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> so it's like, COVID, thank you for giving us this permission, but now what do we do with it? Mm-hmm. Well, and that that really makes me think, like, why did the pandemic change any of that? Like, why, if what you said is, you know, earlier is true, that we don't have control over tomorrow or next week or a year from now, then why do things in 2020 feel so different? I mean, could could it be that because 2020 has forced change on us? I like your use of the word forced because I I think that nobody likes change. I mean, there's like those few alien type people out in the world that like change, not us. No, definitely not us. <laughs> not us. But I mean, change is usually a choice. So when our, like, for example, when our clients come to therapy, they're coming to therapy because they're choosing to make change. But this pandemic hasn't given any of us the choice. Everything has just changed all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. And our freedom has changed. Yeah. And as you're talking, like, it really makes me think about the change that's happening in interaction with people, right? Like, we're relational therapists. We're constantly assessing relationships. And I think we need to talk about change of relationships during the quarantine and COVID period. And I mean, if we just look at our relationship, like, one thing that's changed is we don't even hug anymore, right? Like we oh haven't my hugged. <laughs> Naz, we haven't hugged in four months. I know. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, physical touch is such a huge source of comfort for people, not just you and I, but for many people, physical touch is their love language. And of course, when you take that out of the equation, it's going to change how you feel in your relationships with people. Mm-hmm. But hugging people is still so taboo. I mean, we were just at a restaurant the other night for the first time since things reopened. And we were getting shabu with a friend that we love and we adore. And we're saying goodbye in the parking lot. And and we all looked at each other like, okay, do we hug goodbye? Mm -hmm. And we were like, no, we can't. I mean, there's other people. They'll look at us. They'll Mm -hmm. shame us. Like, it's not – we can't. We're not allowed. Even though we had just sat four inches from each other and shared a meal – hugging is still this thing that we're not supposed to do mm-hmm. yeah well <laughs> thanks for normalizing that Sarah I mean <laughs> I think everyone needed to hear that including myself so <laughs> thank you and I mean I'm thinking about everything we've been talking about so far and how 2020 has really changed so much for us in not just our identities but our relationships and I also have to acknowledge, though, that 2020 has kind of gifted us this platform, um, one that we hope to hold virtual space for people during this time of uncertainty. Um, And so you and I, we've talked about starting off this podcast with a 2020 series. 
Um, we hope to talk about COVID and quarantine and how it's impacted relationships and dating and family and, you know, the social and political movements. But we also, I think, want to share a little bit about how we've been able to reframe our relationship with 2020 through this podcast, but also in our friendship, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, reframe change, I think, is Mm -hmm. the biggest thing that we've said. And it's funny because every time we've said it, we've (laughs) given each other this look like, no, we still don't want to. We don't want to. (laughs) But we have to at some point. Mm -hmm. And I think that's how we become comfortable. We keep saying change is uncomfortable. Well, the only way to make it comfortable is to get used to it. And Mm -hmm. I think that's what we're doing right now. We're getting used to it. So I'm going to start by giving hugs again. I'm going to do Naz, we're going to hug today. Okay. We're going to hug. We're we're going to hug our pets. We're going to hug anyone that lets us hug them. We're going to we're going to hug them. Okay. I'm going to hug Milo. Oh, okay, she's a cat. cat. <laughs> Milo, we're best friends. I'm his favorite human, not actually, but you know, we're we're pretty tight. So He's on his on a top 5. <laughs> <laughs> top 5. I can I can do top 5. <laughs> we'll talk to you soon, friends. Bye. Bye. Find us on Instagram and Facebook at my best friend is a therapist. Sarah, is it what we learned today that you used to sneak out with boys? Mom, Baba, I swear, I swear to God, I never snuck out to meet a boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, Mom, if you're listening, I did, so I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> Anyway, I am not sorry.